Welcome to the Dog Show Show podcast, presented by the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society of New South Wales and featuring Kim Reader. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the latest episode of the Dog Show Show. We are recording here in the home office and uh, we've got Kim on on Zoom, or not on Zoom, on, uh, what is it? Messenger audio. <laughs> One of the things. <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all sitting at home by our fires on this freezing night. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. All rugged up. Yeah, we are here in the, the it's a winter solstice today, the shortest day of the year. <sighs> I wondered what was going on. Yeah, got dark very early. Anyway, um, first of up, first up, we have to say... Hello to all the people we had a chat to the other day at the Dogs on uh, the Dogs on Show uh, open day out there at the Bill Spilstead Canine Complex. Yeah, it was a good day. Oh, I reckon that's one of those things you got to say five times fast. Bill Spilstead. I say can't say it once. <laughs> I can't say it once. <laughs> yeah, but it was a really good day, and we had we met some really cool people and got some great feedback about the show. So thank you to everyone that came up and said hello to us and told us that they liked what we did. That was good. That was nice. It was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we saw some. We, I didn't get to see who got best in show. Um, but there the was, last episode got best in show. Oh, did it really? And uh, runner up was the standard poodle. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. It's um. There were some lovely dogs out there. Very, very nice looking dogs. So, um, and we, we. Appearing a couple more dog shows over the next couple of months, but we'll plug those when we get a little bit closer to them as well. Appearing. <laughs> Look appearing. at us. Like we're, like we're members of the Home and Away cast. Or just, just line up for autographs. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know what? The day that somebody says, can I take a selfie with you? That's it. I know we've made it. <laughs> oh, really? Is that what you're hanging out for? Yeah. Can I have a selfie with you? Sorry, <laughs> I'll see what I can do for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, pardon me, when we were there discussing, having a chat, we were talking about, like, transporting dogs because, you know, there's people there from all over the country and there's people all over the state that day. And I had walked around and chatted to a few people who had been at, like, Newcastle the previous weekend and had been all over the place to go to shows. And we were talking about transporting the dogs. Yeah. And, and given that these things are held all over New South Wales and all over Australia and all over the world, as if you're in, as if you're getting into dog shows, you're going to be doing a lot of travelling. Mm. And so, I guess we kind of got to look at well, what are some of the ways to, to travel safely with your dogs, and what are some of the some of the rules, like around having your dog properly restrained in the vehicle. And just generally getting from A to B safely. Mm. Yeah. And the other thing, when we were at the show on the weekend, we, when we were leaving, there were a lot of people that were packing up their, their cars and had all sorts of things inside the car. So I thought today, uh, tonight would be a good opportunity to discuss, you know, what are th- the things you've got to prepare for when you're going to transport your, your dogs. And uh, and also we want to talk about not just travelling by car but also travelling by plane. Um, if you're going interstate or you're going overseas for jo- dog shows, how that how that would work? Because uh, I know Kim, you've got a lot of experience in that in that area. Yep, yep. Well, most people who've been in dogs a long time have had experience with um, travelling 
dogs importing, exporting as well, mm-hmm. as well as traveling them to show um, and uh, for breeding and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah there's heaps of, heaps of uh, things that uh, come into play and um, there's lots of new legislations and laws that have been brought in that weren't in in the old days as well. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. But um, first off, if we can talk about travelling by car. So what's the best way, would you say, Kim, what's the best way to transport your dog by by road? So would you, they need to be in a crate or how do you normally transport your dogs by road? Well, actually, there's a law now. The, um, the law is, is that you're not allowed to have a dog loose in a car. Um, and even if you're taking the dog, it's not a show dog, they're supposed to have a harness um, with them tied in the seat yes. so that um, mm. they don't climb around. So there is now laws in place for just general travel. Um, but as far as going to shows, um, yes, we tend to use crates. Most people buy uh, cars that are suitable for the crates and dog cars, so vans, all sorts of things that mm. they find suitable for their mode of um, travel. Yep. like how they're most comfortable. Some people have trailers. Some people feel that they'd rather have the dog in the car. They feel that it's safer with the dog in the car and other people have um, like to have, have them in trailers and have never, ever had one minute's trouble carrying them that way. Right. Um, in the old days, not so long ago, as I always say, you could just um, buy a, a trailer and there's all kinds of trailers, different brands and different, you know, there's fiberglass trailers and then people who make their own trailers um, and then there's different brands of trailers that are particularly um, made in a particular fashion, but they never were air conditioned. And uh, since the Greyhound legislations came in, uh, that's impacted on everybody. And uh, if you travel a dog in a trailer now, it must be air conditioned. Ah, right. Is so it, that's to me all. Yeah, because there was a big like investigation a few years ago, wasn't there, into the the greyhound industry and, and treating those animals like better. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they did um, have a big investigation uh, caused by the ABC, actually. That's right. Who uh, did a, uh, I forget which show it was, the investigative show they have. And yeah. um, yes, and then I don't know, to be honest with you, if it wasn't a little over the top. Yeah. Um, but um, it did impact on uh, the entire dog fraternity. Um on how we manage these things now. Yeah. I saw a lot of people in vans, but that was, I never, it never occurred to me that people would have dog trailers. And as we were leaving on on, on Saturday, I, I noticed a few of these dog trailers and they sort of, they looked to me, the best way I can describe it is like a, a caravan, but cut in half. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, like about half, like, like obviously dog sized, like dog height sized. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, though, I, like I just thought, like, like how dedicated are you? <laughs> you know, like I, I get that you might buy a crate, pop it, maybe even buy a station wagon or a, a van. But yeah, man, that I they, are they like the hardcore dog people, the people that buy dog trailers and. Uh, well, it's about the amount of dogs you got to carry. If you take a uh, big entry to the show, you need the room. And yeah. I know yeah. our very our very first trailer was um, a um, you know remember the minivans. Yep. The back half of a minivan. Oh, wow. <laughs> was our dog trailer and um, was all, you know, made specifically and um, that's what we used to use. Um, but then, of course, when we had a bigger entry, we couldn't fit everybody in. So 
we then decided we needed a, a proper one. We had a, like, a, I've still got it, a space age um, looking fiberglass trailer, like oh. aer- aerodynamic looking. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so, what do they look like inside? What do they have inside? Well, they're just set up inside like um, like crates. Like they've uh-huh. got dividers, which yep. are usually um, weld mesh. Um, sometimes people have, um, you know, actual um, dividers that aren't see-through, so um, made of wood or whatever they've made it of, yeah. and uh, so they can't see each other. And some, and mostly they just have weld mesh and the dogs can see each other and you know, cuddle up to each other or yeah. whatever. Sometimes they put two or two in one one area. Hmm. Sometimes they put one. And, um, yeah, they have doors that let them out. So they've got a door to like – it's like a crate on wheels, really. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all divided up that way. Um, and then, uh, as I say, they're air-conditioned now. And um, the dogs, often when they go away for shows, uh, they travel in those – Obviously, they do all their exercises, but given that uh, in this country you're really not allowed to take a dog into a hotel mm. or a motel, mm. um, they, that's where they sleep often. All right. So people just put them in there, lock them up so that they're safe. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, and they sleep in there and get up in the morning and usually people find a big park or paddock and just let them go. Mm. Right. Especially in the country areas. Yeah. Because I was having visions of like it being like the inside of a limo where the dogs all just hang out and not like with a mini bar. <laughs> <and> a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely a mini bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, not too far fetched, but like a like a like a speaker system. The do- yeah, like the... who let playing who let the dogs out by the bar <laughs> <I> mean? <laughs> Like the dog trailer of my dreams is a limo. <laughs> They've got to intercom into the car to tell people what's going on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or, or, or so if you're driving, you can just every like, 10 minutes or so, good boy, good boy. Yeah. That's a good boy sitting in the trailer. That's right. <laughs> I, give up, I gave up on trailers long ago. I just take a couple and I just prefer they're in the car with me, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's a I, – I, I, like I'm just wondering, like with the trailer, like when you were sort of talking about the limo type aspect of it, but I'm thinking, like, yeah, is there is there light in there? Is it dark? Did the dogs feel well, better in the dark? Would they be? Would it be something that would calm some dogs so it would actually work really well for them? Well, mostly they don't have a problem in there. They're they're happy. They're confined. They're safe. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. There's you know they used to have or they still do spinners on the top. Sometimes yep. they have yep. pop up things, but obviously when you're travelling. At the speed you are dragging a trailer, you need to have it safe, so it has to be locked down properly. Yeah. yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, so are, are there rules around the length of time that you can travel with your dogs without a break? I don't know if there's rules. It's just common Common, common, not, common care. sense, yeah. Yes, common care is sort of like you wouldn't – most people, what, they tell you to stop every two hours – yourself so yeah. mate that's what takes a long time to get to places because people are always out walking their dogs yeah, yeah. giving them a but, toilet break yeah yeah i'll get go out and they need to have stretch their legs go to the loo maybe have a drink if there's no no drink in there with them um you know maybe sometimes eat whatever it depends but you know mostly dog people are stopping and getting the dogs out and going for a walk or 
go to the toilet with them or whatever yeah. and then put them back and keep going. So it always is an additional time onto your travel time when you're, yeah. um, and when you're taking dogs with you. I'd imagine in summer it would be even, like it take even longer because in summertime you'd have to have more breaks, I'd imagine. Unless it's well, well, air conditioned, you're all right. Air conditioned, yeah. 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 Or the car's air conditioned. Like, you know, a lot of people, they buy a new car and you'll hear them talking about, well, I got that one because it's got really good air conditioning in the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Because the dogs will find summer like. I think somebody told me the muck has a really good air conditioning in the back. Okay. Okay. What's, what's it called? The muck or something? The muzzles? I can't remember which one it was, but one of them, they have um, all, you oh, know, M- those M- big M-U-X. SUV. M-U-X. Yeah, a muck. That's yeah. it. Yeah, an SUV, it's um, got really good air conditioning in the back. That's why they bought it for the dogs. No other reason, just the air conditioning in the back. Yeah, wow. You know, what, you know what just occurred to me? Doesn't doesn't Kim's car have heated seats? <laughs> yes, and yeah. cooled seats. Yeah, I see. Your dogs okay, Your dogs are loving life in winter. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention myself. <laughs> <laughs> just, you just imagine the other dogs. Oh, their, that car, their car's got heated seats. <laughs> They're fancy. <laughs> spoiled, spoiled bitches. <laughs> I don't know what we did in the 70s and 80s when none of our cars had air conditioning. Like, how did we survive? I don't know. Oh. I think I mentioned in the 70s and 80s, we'd get in the back of the ute with the dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The kids would sit in the back of the ute with yeah. the dog and go to the dog show. <laughs> so I think very different, yeah. yeah. Put, put the kids in a crate. Yeah. <laughs> and the dog's well, in the car. <laughs> well, I'm not hey, sure. Oh, not... that hasn't happened. It was the 70s. It was the 70s. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> That's right. No, we have to have <sighs> them strapped Although I was, I was thinking before, like when you were talking about having to sort of stop everything and let them out, let them go to the toilet. That's exactly like travelling with kids. Yeah, true. Exactly. That's e- right. Except the dogs don't go in the shop and go, can I have a drink? Can I have an ice cream? Can I have a chocolate? Can I have? Can I have? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so then you, get, you do get the dogs that are like kids that get car sick. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, the other yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, they're not fun, but no. there's good ways. There's good ways of dealing with that before you leave. How do um, you do that? Uh, junket tablets. Oh, okay. You know, junket, the junket that yes. you make the dessert, the, the, the curds and whey. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, curds and whey. Yeah. Yeah. So you just give them uh, that beforehand. Sometimes, like they're all a bit different. Some of them ginger works for them. Uh huh. Um, obviously, don't feed them before you put them in the car. That's not helpful. Uh huh. Um, and um, it's often to do with the uh, middle ear. Right, um, yep. So it's, it's the same in kids, I think. Um, yeah. And so you just have to address that, it's really, and then make sure they've got a lining on their stomach, right. which is the junket tablet. Which is the junket tablet. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Now, that's the kids. What about the... Do- no. <laughs> so that was... Well, that- that sort of goes into my question that I had, like how do you prepare your dog for travelling long distances? So that's a good good uh, tip yeah. for if your dog gets car sick. Yeah, I think I've um, had a couple of car sick dogs but only ever one kid and I think the kid was worse than the dog when it was car sick, I tell you. Yeah. Had more volume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, but, um, yeah, so, yeah, basically, look, most of them are fine. You'll find that... Um, when they're younger, they may be car sick and they tend to grow out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, um, 
It's not any bill way. A lot of them love to travel in the car. That's that's the thing. They, they love it. They enjoy they jump it. Yeah. In, jump in the car, mm. get in, and snuggle up on their on their bed in their crate, and you know they'll sit there and look around and then go to sleep and they enjoy it. Yeah. Um, the only ones that you get that, that are issues of often a dog that's anxious anyway. Mm. Um, they'll they'll get in there and get a bit stressed or haven't haven't never been in a car. That's often a case. It's it, you should really. Um, you know, take them in from early, take yes. them for drives from early. Otherwise, <laughs> they think, what's going on? I, I don't know what this is. This is terrible. Uh, have I, we I, had I, this experience by the same of your sound of your laughter? Yes, we have had that we, experience. Daisy is very good now. first couple of times we took her, we would have her in like a little like a mesh crate, like a travel crate thing, and she would cry and whinge. She'd jump out of it. And so Barb, um, Barb took her across to her mum and dad's one day, and she felt bad, so she sort of opened the top of it and to pat her. Well, Daisy climbed out and hung off my hair <laughs> and and climbed up Barb's uh, arm. She this yeah, is and, as a, and was screaming like a like a a newborn a baby. baby. Yeah, and was hanging off my hair. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, what have I done? Dri- driving down um, Heathcote Road, Road of all places. Yeah. Oh wow, it's so, dangerous. Yeah. Yep. So we, uh, yeah, we, we've had that. Exp- she's actually really fantastic in the car now. Yeah. Um, she does occasionally want to come and climb on your lap for a cuddle, but you just kind of gently she gets sort through of it. hold her there. Yeah. But she doesn't cry or whinge or scream anymore. Uh. And for the most part, she's actually a really good traveller. She'll just lay on the lay on the le- seat and like you were saying, I think she enjoys it. They, yeah. Like they enjoy it. They know that it's yeah. an adventure. Yeah, yeah, and they're happy to be with their their families and their. Yeah. They're friends and, and they get used to it. It's just strange in the beginning. They go, well, what's happening? Yeah, that's right. Well, I also get the sense with her, I mean, you know, and maybe, you're, maybe you, your dogs sort of do this as well, like she knows where we're going and I won't say any of the words of where we go because she'll think we're going there. But like if, yeah. we, if we say we're going to Barb's mum's and we say we're going here, she's like, she knows she's going there. So it's almost like she sort of gets in the car and says, all right, cool, I'm off to, I'm off to Nen's house, I'm off to Mars house or something like that. So, you know, would you have dogs that were similar to that? Like, they know they're going to a show. Oh, I'm going to go to a show. I'm well, yeah, they know by the routine they're going to a show. If they're right. not going, if they're going to the vet, they know it's not a show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. You know, they just, they, it's not, the, the, the routine's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about the routine before, you yeah. know, the yeah. other episodes. And they, yeah, so they pretty much know, like, what's, they're pretty smart, really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, this one. This one. We used to talk in code, and she worked that out. <laughs> she could spell yeah. after a while, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, they they attuned to the tone of your voice, really. Yeah. So what would be typical for you to take in in the car with you, to, sort of to keep your dogs calm and things like that? Um, I don't really have issues with them not being calm, but yep. um, I tell people that if the dog is really stressed, to cover the crate up. Okay. Right. So they can't see out, and then they go to sleep because okay. it's like the lights turned out and they go to bed. Yeah. Yep. Um, some and if dogs scream and yelling carry on, that's normally what people do at dog shows anyway. Just cover it up, yeah. cover the crate up, and they'll stop because they can't see what's upsetting them. Right. Would would something like like a favourite toy work or a, like a, a perf- like a towel or a blanket or something like that that they find comfort in? Um, yeah, so I suppose for some, but I don't think they think, oh, I don't think it's like, um, 
I've got my my toy. I'm okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't. That's might be for some dogs. Not that I've ever um, understood, but a distraction sometimes. Um, you know, a bone to chew or a biscuit, or yeah. that it's a pleasurable thing when they get in there. Yeah. That they're going to get a bicky. Yeah. Um, yep. You know that kind of stuff. Usually food. Um. You know. Usually use food with mine. Yeah. Um. But um. You know. I'd. I'd maybe. A, a comforter might work, but I, I've never used that. <laughs> I like the idea of actually covering them over and, and making him feel like we're, we're doing that with our birds at the moment so we can't hear them chirping <laughs> just covering them over and making him feel like it's it's night time yeah that's right yeah. so if you and if you go you know through the routine of doing these things but most dogs all I mean they won't they might look out the window but then they tend to lie down and go to sleep anyway yeah yeah you know the motion of the car as well like a baby oh yeah it puts them to sleep yeah awesome yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and look, you know our you know our dog well enough. She also likes to bark at the occasional truck and motorbike and things like that. She just yeah. Well, I know I've got a friend who um, takes his dogs out, and when he gets close to where he's going, it's like all hell breaks because <laughs> <laughs> they they know exactly where they are. Yeah, yeah, and they could probably smell a couple of hundred other dogs there. Yeah, that's right. It's just a matter of you know we're going back to routine and. And reinforcement of stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Exactly the same in the car. Um, but, yeah, I'm a big believer in um, having them confined in the car for lots of reasons. You know, I know I've had dogs climb up on my lap while I'm trying to drive and yeah. it's not been very safe. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just think it's really important that, you know, that uh, they're in a confined space. Some people set the back of their cars up with, you know, those... Um, Barriers, those uh, they can be perspex or they can be um, like a weld mesh. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And across the back, and so and they can even, still see, but they can't get through. Yeah, but even then, I you know it's better to have them in a crate, more confined, because you know if something happens, I'll go flying. Yeah, that's true. Is, is it also that like I know that my understanding of the psychology behind the crate is the crate is their safe space. Is it sort of? A bit, so yeah, yeah. So they're they're feeling a bit more psychologically comfortable because they're in this little space that is actually the their stairs. safe space, regardless of what where it is, kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. It's a it's a it's an area that's safe, like a like a lair. Yeah, hmm. yeah. We never well, we need to get a crate for her. I think might get a crate for myself actually. <laughs> <Sounds Yeah. bad. laughs> Some big dogs out there. You need to be safe. Get me an Irish wolfhound size crate. <laughs> Just go in there. That's my safe space. You can't annoy me while I'm in there. That's called a men's shed. Yeah, yeah there. that's it. I need one of those too. Exactly. <laughs> so um, if we can move on now to travelling interstate or overseas via plane. Now, I know um, you've told me recently about a, an experience that you had, Kim, when you were travelling with your um your dog's interstate. Uh, do you want to share that with us and so we could talk about that a bit more? Well, many years ago when Ansett was flying, um, we were we were going to Adelaide to the um, specialty and uh, it was just me going. And um, I was taking our, our big winning dog at the time, the Games to the Chainmaker, and we also had a, a lovely bitch that we'd... Um, got from South Australia and the breeder wanted to see her so yep. um, 
it was a very hot day and I remember saying to my mum, I don't think we should take her. So I get too hot. There's too many, too many and it's just me. Anyway, um, the breeder insisted that she came. So um, we popped her on the plane and um, I remember going down into the cargo area to check that they were all right because you could do that then. And um, they were okay. They were sitting in their crates and everything seemed to be fine. Anyway, um, I w went up to get on the plane, S still quite worried actually because there was um, it was a hot day, and um, there was also a greyhound that was to be get to get on the on that flight, and uh, got on the plane, sat sitting there, and uh, an announcement came over the uh, inside the plane saying that there was a hold up because um, there'd been some issues with packages, and um, I thought, oh, that was a bit of a worry. Well, I was flew all the way to South Australia, and when I got off, I was right in being concerned because uh, the bitch that I was bringing China had died in on the tarmac. Oh. So that um, was the packages they were having trouble with. Well, I assume that was yes. Mm. So I got off, and um, in those days, the dogs used to come through on the um, conveyor, conveyor belt. belt. Yeah, you know, where you got your luggage. Yeah. And I uh, remember um, my friends from Queensland had flown over and they came to the airport to get me. And um, so we pulled the crate, first crate off with chain in and he'd, I opened the, the, the crate door and he wasn't really well. And then I opened the next crate and um, Tiny was, well, she was dead. Um, but I didn't know she was dead. I thought she was just unconscious. Mm. My poor friend... Um, from Queensland, John Hebbard. I made him give a mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, Paul John. Yeah. Anyway, so um, we um, was in the middle of, you know, where everybody was getting their luggage. Mm. And I was quite hysterical. Mm. And um, anyway, he said, no, no. So I went down to the to the ANSET um, where you checked in and said, um, so can somebody help? Mm. You know, my dog's yeah. dead, basically. Mm. Uh, they came out and um, took me away to a room and I remember ringing my mum and telling her what had happened, like, you know, China's dead, Chain's half dead, we're going to go to the to the um, vet and see what we can do. You know, we had to get him on a drip. Mm. And what what I'd done is I, I always carry, carry Vitrate with me, which is a um, like the Lucozade for... For people like mm -hmm. all those, and uh, I just tipped that down his throat neat. I didn't even put it in any water mm. to give him a kick to try and make sure he was all right. I mean, obviously, I didn't try if we China, she was gone. Mm. Um, and uh, but anyway, he was all right. Um, we went to the vet, and um, the vet actually broke down and cried, yeah. um, saying that um, her core temperature was. Uh, 60 degrees centigrade. Oh, poor uh, thing. So they basically cooked her and um, they put chain on a drip and uh, he, he rallied um, and he was fine. Mm. But um, anyway, I called my mum and told her what had happened. I was quite hysterical, mm. as mm. you can imagine. Mm. And uh, so we had a very good friend who had um, one of our, our puppies and he owned a a freight company. So my mum called him and said, can you give me Reginald Ansett's phone number? And he did. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. 
straight to the top. And uh, she rang him up and had a bit of a word. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to assume that your mum was as formidable as you are. Oh, no, she's more formidable than me. <laughs> All right, that tells me everything I need to know about what that conversation would have been like. Old Sir Edge would have been shaking in his boots. <laughs> mm, well, I think she said something similar to pretend they're Kerry Packers cherries on the on the tarmac. Right. <laughs> did he rec- like, did he compensate you in any way, or what was the outcome uh, from that? Uh, well, uh, not that I really cared, but. Um, they flew flew me back first class. The dogs as well brought her body back with us, um, and um, then the laws started to be changed. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a big issue. We went, I went for tours with the RSPCA through the through the um, airports and things. But as as is with big financial giants. Yeah. Um, it just came out that in the end you put the dog on there at your own risk. Oh. Yeah. But there is a responsibility. I mean, surely there's a duty of care to to transport the animal. I mean, obviously there is now, and the legislation, so legislation has changed, and I'd imagine if there were animals dying on planes, we'd be hearing about it every other day. But uh, I don't think you would be hearing about it. They don't much tell people. Mm. There's, quite a, there's quite a few, um, you know... Um, I remember there was a very big winning Pekingese that died on a flight to, back from Queensland. Mm. Um, I can remember my sister went to Queensland with a dog to show it the specialty up there. Got off the plane, no dog. Where is the dog? They lost the dog. The dog was in Adelaide. Um, oh, my gosh. So there's, there's been um, – <laughs> there was there's lots of in, incidents. Um, we brought a dog in from New Zealand. They couldn't find him. He got out of the crate and he – was in the hold somewhere, but they couldn't find him. Oh, in the plane, but he couldn't find him. Yeah, he was in the hold somewhere. Oh, wow. um, then there was there was a story years ago of a dog that got out of the crate and out of the hold, and he was missing for weeks. Oh, um, they eventually found him. Um, so you know, there's been there's been some stories yeah. um, with airlines. Um, so, yeah, but these days it's like put them on at your own risk. Um, they've got categories of dogs that they say are bracky breeds that, you know, they don't want to fly them or they fly at night. Mm. Um, they do things, but um, they're not um, particularly concerned. It's basically at your own risk. Yeah, because uh, I'd imagine there'd be, like you mentioned the brachy breeds and things like that. Look, I'd imagine... There would be incident like um, I'm silly of me to think that there'd be no dog deaths, but I'd imagine there'd be times where there's natural circumstances, like the dog gets distressed, or you know, there's a, a pre-existing condition of some description, and the dog actually dies as a result of that. But to think that a dog is in a cargo hold that is so hot that it, as you quote, you know, well, no, 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 it, the, the cargo wasn't hot, the hold wasn't hot. It so was the, the tarmac. Well, they left her. They left them all of the three of them sitting out in the tarmac to go on uh, in the heat. So that was it. Instead of instead of waiting until right, like, okay, run them out, and put them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get these dogs um, in first, get them out of the heat, kind of thing. Yeah, and there was yeah. a greyhound on there as well that we found out much later was a top winning greyhound, and um, the guy 
took him to Adelaide, bought him, and the dog um, was fine when he got it. But um, it never won another race. Wow. And, oh. and the guy couldn't work out why. Well, it was heat affected. Yeah, yeah. Right. Did some permanent damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, look, it's it's the other thing that I immediately thought of. I mean, how 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 traumatic for you? But how traumatic? You you, you it, in my head the picture that I saw. You know, you're standing at the baggage carousel waiting for your bags. How traumatic for people to be standing there and have to be witnessing two, well, one dead and one nearly dead dog coming down the carousel like that's like and a, half a gen- dozen hysterical people. A yeah. genuinely horrific so- scene. It's like, really you know, sad. Yeah. Mm, so it was. It was very stressful. Um, the whole thing. But I've never um, put a dog on a plane since. That's what I was going to say. Like after having that type of traumatic experience how do you then go and take a dog overseas or take a dog interstate again and you just said you well, don't you haven't done that i can't i can't sit on the plane with the smoke thing i can't sit on the plane with the dog in the hold yeah, no, yeah no. too stressed i mean we've imported dogs yeah okay but you do that sort of through brokers and you just well you know hope nothing happens um yeah. but as far as internal flights, you know, we, we've all learned from it. People don't fly. They fly them in the night. Um, you know, if you're going to fly them into Brisbane in, in the in the hot period of the year, it's in the evening. But there's also alternative um, transport now, which there wasn't then, and there's companies yeah. that transfer, transport dogs um, yeah. on the road, run the road now. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that in um, when we were looking for Daisy. I've seen that in the sense of, you know, where there were dogs interstate, there was also a link in the advertisement to a specialist dog transport company that would bring the dogs to wherever you were. Yes, if you didn't want to fly. But that's mm. also had um, new legislation applied in it. Um, they have to uh, meet particular hygiene um, reports and they have to, um, you know, do have air conditioning and all that sort of thing and that's been um do they have to have like a certain size for the dog like you know what i mean like a you got to have a certain square footage or a certain you know one meter by two meter or i'm obviously not going to be that big but you know a certain size crate for the dog to be in as well well what they can't do is put six dogs in one space right okay mm. yeah that makes sense so like before they were like shoving half a dozen dogs in a space instead of one um mm-hmm. that was you know as people tend to do um, so yeah, there was there's regulation and um, legislation on that now, just to make sure that um, you know they that they stop and that they're clean and yeah. that they're not overloading and cramming all these dogs in there. Yeah, yeah. So so, but um, most of the reputable transport companies wouldn't do that anyway. Um, it was just the little the little boats that were trying to do that, but they've got legislation now and they run through everything to make sure everybody's doing the right thing yeah it's pretty sad you have to do that but it seems to be the way of the world of everything you know yeah. lately yeah. um so um but yeah so that's a lot of the ways that people transport i mean um i'm probably going to go over to adelaide in november and I'm, i'll drive it yeah right um you know i had somebody come over the other month uh they drove it um, so the dog people have, you know, have the greatest kilometres on their cars yeah. and they know every nook and cranny of their countryside because <laughs> so, they tend to drive everything. Wow. 
Well, yeah. that's a good way to, to, you know, get to know the, the little towns and places along yeah. the way. Cause I well, saw that's another good thing about dog showing, you know, is doing that sort of thing, seeing all the little places, you know, people will say, oh, you know, I come from a little town called uh, Tamora, and you've probably never heard of it. Of course I've heard of it. I went to a dog show there. Like, <laughs> it's a lovely RSL club in Tamora, actually. I had, yes, di- I had dinner right. there one night. Why, yep. Where are you getting around these little places? I had to do training in tomorrow once, many oh, years ago. Okay. Yeah, stayed in a lovely little hotel, had dinner at the RSL. It was very nice. <laughs> yeah, it is a nice little place. Um, yeah. So there's lots of little places that, you know, dog people get to know. So, um, yeah, that's because they just tend to drive it. Uh, you know, people who drive from Perth to Sydney to to, um, to a dog show, I've seen them do that. Mm. And they go, oh, that's pretty brave on that desert. Oh, no, we had fun. It was great. Yeah. Right. Mm. It's an adventure. The dogs are yeah. in an air-conditioned trailer. Everyone's happy. That's right. Everybody's happy. The kids were happy. The dogs were happy. And here we are. We're having a hoot. Look, I reckon mm. if you re- if you really got into it, like it, for the people out there that are newbies, I reckon there's a couple of ways to do this because I noticed the other day there was some some notification about sort of camping at one of the shows, and I mm. reckon you know buy yourself some good camping gear, set your dogs up in a you know a nice little dog trailer because when you were talking before about being not being able to stay in hotels, just in my mind it's like you you pull up at a camping site somewhere, you've got your dogs in the trailer there all happy. You've got a little tent set up, maybe some, you know, little little marquee set up, and Bob's your uncle. You, you know, it's like just going on a nice little camping trip, but with half a dozen dogs in a dog trailer. Well, a lot of people do have that lifestyle. That's yeah. right. That's what they do. And um, and then, you know, others will say, oh, I'll come over, I'll just put the caravan on the back. Yeah, that's the other thing I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, and um, they'll bring their caravans with them, and that's where they'll stay. Yeah. Just They'll just book into the, you know, a, a, a caravan site mm-hmm. which is usually on a dog show ground somewhere mm. and um, you know that's the sort of thing the other thing is if you're really up market you can get a um what do they call them a winnebago oh, an RV, oh, yes yeah. yes yeah, now we're so, talking yeah now that's very there's not a lot of people in this country that do that but that is the mo in america yes <laughs> they've all they've all got um you know well they're not winnebagos over there but uh, rvs and yeah they, I, I can remember um, we went to Montgomery in Philly one year and um, it rained like I've never seen it rain ever. <laughs> um, it was like the sky opened up and, you know, it was up to your knees in two seconds flat and uh, they said they couldn't hold the show because, you know, the ground, we just sunk in the ground. Yeah. So, so, um, so what they did was find another show ground, which was, you know, um, bitumen and... Um, in the meantime, everybody just drove their motorhomes to the local um, to the local shopping centre where the restaurants were, mm. and there was just loads and loads of them all lined up in the car. Oh my gosh! They all went in and had well, we all went in and had something to eat, and then everybody went to the new showground and set up in the rain. But oh, at least wow. they were had stable ground under them. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, that's that's how it is over there. Over here, it's not so upmarket. Um, there's, a, I think there's been a few people with SUVs in their time, um, but um, not so much recently. Mm. It's more the caravan and the, you know, the tent, one man tent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look, if we ever, if we ever find ourselves in that position, Barb's <laughs> brother knows all of the cheap camping spots oh, around true. the joint. He, um, he's he, a cam- he's a he's camper. a camper with his family. So yeah, yeah I tell you what, I, I can see it. 
I can see the perfect storm brewing at the moment, darling. We'll get some camping gear. <laughs> the only stars I sleep under are five stars. Okay. That's right. <laughs> get it right, mate. Not a bad homie. Not a bohemian bone in her body. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> if, you, if you ever see her in a tent, it means she's lost. What's <laughs> <laughs> a tent? <laughs> oh, goodness me. Oh, goodness. So, and I'm with you 100% yeah. there. I, I can it. tell you a story. We did it once. I think it was in Tamworth in the middle of winter. Like, it was crazy. It was so cold. Yeah. And... Um, I can remember, you know, dog show people often sleep in their clothes when they're out camping. Yes. Yep. And, of course, there we are in our Joan Collins nighties, as we <laughs> called them. And uh, and we go, yeah, um, maybe not. And I can remember, <sighs> I can remember that everybody's asleep in their cars and everything. And I just, I, I remember waking my family up and going, I don't know about you, but I'm going to a motel. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> and found this lovely motel with all the mod cons. Sorry yep. about that. Yep. Not bo- I can't do Bohemian. Sorry. Good. Bo- uh, I lo- as you sashayed in with your, as you sashayed in with your Joan <laughs> Collins nighty on. Yes, it's fine. I need a and room, please. <laughs> yes, well, excuse me. I can't go back there. Um, <laughs> So um, it was really quite funny. I, just went, I don't know about you, but I'm going. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Got yeah. in a lovely hot shower, made yes. a lovely cup of tea, turned on the electric blanket. Come on. <laughs> never never That's been more apparent to me than it is right now about why you two are friends. Cause <laughs> it's like a, it's Kim's voice, but it's your words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, so that... <laughs> well, look, so, I think we're kind of getting towards the end, so I'm thinking to wrap it up. Look, I guess the best bet is if to take your dogs with you. Like, stay, as Kim said, you know, there's a certain part of this where you're relying on putting other people's... putting your dogs in other people's hands and trusting those people. But at the, the end of the day... If you want to make sure your dog gets transported safely from point A to point B, transport them yourselves. So if that means buying a, a crate and having that in the back of the car, have that in the back of the car. If that means buying a some sort of a wagon or something where you can have them in the in the vehicle with you, have them in there. If you have to travel long distances and you don't want to drive that yourself, find a reputable dog transport company that specialises in this rather than necessarily relying on a, on a bigger transport company because whilst there is legislation the the the, trans, the the specific dog transport company will actually probably have a little bit more rules and policies and procedures around safe transport of those animals is that that's probably a nice way to, what yeah. you? well there's a lot there's, there's only one that i use and um they're absolutely fantastic yeah um and they're door to door and and they're wonderful yeah um so there's there's a few like um dog transport companies that are great the little blokes that tried to do the you know the um i i would say they're good hmm. um but they 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 had to be it just had to be made sure that they were following the rules hmm. yeah um and it's really quite a shame because Australia is so different to the rest of the world. I mean, you go overseas and get on a train and there'll be half a dozen dogs on the train with you. Mm. Mm. Uh, you go over to judge a dog show and you're in the hotel and the dogs are in the lifts with their owners with you and wow. they pay 
they pay room hire for their dog. Yeah. Right. And we don't um, do that. We don't have that here. Well, no, it actually isn't against the law. It's just that they won't accept the dogs. Um, I remember coming down the um, down the um, coast from Queensland once and stopping overnight with the dogs and the actual owner of the motel said to me, you know you're allowed to have them in. It's not against the law. It's just policy of people. Mm. Uh, who owns because people, you know, often... That the, the dogs make a mess and people yeah. aren't respectful. That's why. Yeah. Um, so it's. Um, I mean, we have a policy now that um, the law is is that you can take dogs inside the cabins of aeroplanes. Mm. It's just that um, the owners of the 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 airlines uh, don't want to do that. Um, so I think I I read somewhere where there's only young. Um, there's only been one. I think it was from Victoria to Tasmania where you can take your dog in on the inside the cabin with you. But technically, the law is you can. It's just the policy of companies not to do these things. Um, mm. The same for travelling on trains. You used to take dogs on trains, but you you know put them in a crate and put them up in the side there near the um, the train driver or whatever, yeah, or the back part where the cargo is. Mm. Um, but now you're not allowed to put dogs on trains. Um, they won't allow it. Mm. Um, so it's all about um, the policy of the companies, not really the law of the land. So um, they do say that um, some companies like Qantas have, have got a clause there where it's not locked in forever that that won't be allowed. Mm. Right. Um so, but there's that. But then you go to other countries, and you know, you just you're on planes. Dogs are on planes. You go in a train. There's a million dogs in a train. Mm. You just yeah. think, oh, how awful are we? We just don't. We're just not dog friendly, are we? Mm. <laughs> As a society, here's, yeah. Here's a red hot business idea, though. If you live near a dog show ground area, open open a dog friendly motel, or make your motel dog friendly. Make a fortune. Yeah. Well, don't you know what dog people show dog people do? What's that? They wait till the lights go out and go and get their dogs. Oh. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I, we'd probably do the same, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, I get it. I remember we stayed at a, a dog-friendly accommodation. Um, the lady was lovely and the accommodation was fantastic and we had the uh, run of the, the backyard and the dog was allowed in-house and everything. But she did have a rule that said you are not allowed to leave the dogs uh, like alone inside the house, mm-hmm. and and the rationale behind that was is you know I mean uh, Daisy's not that kind of dog she doesn't destroy anything really there's no scratch marks on any of our walls or our doors, but her rule was <clears throat> that her experience has been that they've scratched the doors and scratch you know destroy things and things like that because they're anxious or they're nervous or they're bored or whatever they are, so I sort of get where hotel owners would be the same you, you know even though. I'm sure every dog owner says, oh, no, my dog's perfectly well-behaved, but some aren't, and so I understand well, why they do that. Well, that's right. There has been, I mean, even in, in the States where, you know, people have left their dogs and, you know, th- th- that's when they started to bring in charging for, you know, fees for dogs and also like an mm. insurance policy, like a bond-type yeah. situation. And I know we, we um, had a really big show one year and they came from everywhere and a particular person brought a lot of dogs mm. and uh, the was the pub motel and they said, oh, yeah, take the dogs in, that's fine. Well, this person went out and left the dogs out in there. When she came back, they'd ripped a mattress apart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they'd, no. 
wrecked the place, and yeah. we could never put anybody back in there because of. Because, what had I happened? mean, they paid for it, but at the end of the day, it was just like, oh, really? Couldn't you have just put them in the crates? Yeah, yeah, and that looked. Yeah, that's. I suppose that the responsibility is on the owner, isn't it? If you know your dog's going to destroy a room, take action. Yeah. But, well, the thing is, is that if you, it's like you know, you wouldn't. You know, they're going to be naughty. Why would you leave them out? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Take him with you, even. Like, yeah, yeah. So we we were talking in other um, other episodes we've done about how it's become more difficult now to get dogs from overseas or travel to shows overseas with your dogs or get yeah dogs from overseas to come to to shows that are here. Is that all due to what we've been talking about, like the the difficulty in travelling via plane and things with your with your it, dog, or is it more quarantine stuff? Well, it's more, we've always had difficulty because we're right down the bottom here and our quarantine laws are strict and rightfully so. We yeah. don't want yeah. anything to go wrong. Yeah. Um, we don't have an issue with that. But obviously it's um, it's harder to bring a dog in and out. Some people have done it. They've sent, you know, a lot of um, top dogs and breeders have sent their dogs to England uh, for crufts and then brought them back and mm. yeah. um, over the period uh but, you know, they, they do have to spend their time in quarantine when they come back. Mm. Um, and it's quite expensive. But, mm. yes, with, with the importation of, of stock in general, um, that has slowed down due to the laws because a lot of people would bring puppies and you can't bring puppies anymore because of the vaccinations and so on. Mm-hmm. That you know, take it to most puppies are 8 to 10, 12 months old before they can even leave mm. their country of origin. Mm. So. Right. It's um, it's a lot. It's a lot harder. It's it's. I don't know. It's not much more expensive. It's always been expensive. Mm. Um, but um, yeah. But you'll find that if you go to quarantine, you know, there's lots of dogs that come into the country. People just bringing their pets with them, or you know, the um, and the company that's bringing them here to work will pay to bring their dog, or you know, it might be somebody in the forces, mm. um, or that sort of thing. So there's always. Mm dogs coming in but as far as show dogs coming in people there seems to be um less of that due to um you know the the quarantine and all the and the and the laws around um vaccinations and things but having said that um you know there there was never a real lot of them coming in anyway but certainly a lot more than there is now yeah Right, but I don't think people worried about the flight so much. You, I must admit, every time we've brought the most staffids into this country, and every time a dog was on a plane, we were beside ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, until we heard that it was on the tarmac, and that it was because you'd get um, quarantine and go out, or somebody would go out that you knew and um, to pick the dog up to take it to quarantine, and they'd call you and say, "Yes, it's safe." Um, you know, it's in good order. It's it's not even puffing, and it's 100 degrees. Here. Wow. So, I remember when we brought a sheen in from Ireland? I was he came out of snow, and I thought, oh, oh poor dog. Oh, <laughs> it was a, really going hot. Yeah, what a they, shock to the rang, system. Well, he they rang and they said, I don't know, it's not even puffing. Yeah. I went, really? No, he's just bounced in as if nothing happened. Oh, wow. He probably, probably got in here and went, oh, thank goodness, look at this, it's so nice, oh, bloody. I'm, I'm defrosting. It's freezing back home. <laughs> well, actually, it's really quite funny because we had, um, we brought in Ashdock Mad Hatter out of England and um, he used to live on the moors and, you know, um, 
when it was cold like now, if we'd go to a show like in Canberra or anywhere and he'd be running in the in the park and you could see him go, oh, this is the life. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> he loves it. Um, he'd be all like, this is brisk. I love it. Like, this, you know, is, so, this is for me. <laughs> yeah, this, 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 I feel like I'm at home. Yeah. You know, like an immigrant. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, um, but yeah, so it, it is quite funny. But, yeah, it's harder to. Harder to bring them in. I don't know that the, the, the flights were the issue. It's more to do with the, I think the the cost and mm. the um, and the uh, you know the legislations around the change in the age that you can bring them in and yeah. all that kind of thing. Yeah, right. Uh, right. I think we've covered just about everything, haven't we? Everything there is anything, to know about transporting your dog. Anything. That, so I guess, like we said before, buy an ice crate. Have, use the crate that they're comfortable with. Set your vehicle up. Lots of snacks. Lots of regular stops. A pig's ear or something suitable for the dog, and make sure they're cool. Make sure warm. they're cool or warm as it needs to be. Lots of mm. water and go out there and enjoy travelling around and going to dog shows and have a little holiday and have a dog show at the same time. Well, that's it. That's what a lot of people do. They just wander around with their dogs, yeah. set up their pitch, their tent, and. You know, they've got their own generators. They've just become so self-living off the grid, basically. Yeah, yeah. Can, you, can you hear? That's our future, darling. That's our retirement. <laughs> you just rewind back and listen to what I said. <laughs> I think, Five I think stars, mate. Five stars. I think you'll have a map of which is the best motel. That's right. I'll, I'll be That's out, right. I'll be out in, the, in the in the trailer with the dogs i have i can do three maybe definitely i could do four but five would be the the optimum thank you (laughs) on that on that note (laughs) let's stop it there (laughs) thanks kim nice you too bye